there's something out there in the corn. Something strange. Or maybe it's the corn itself. They've been doing research out in the field, but it's not the kind of science to read about in textbooks. It's not natural. Not sane. There's a darkness out there. An evil. And it's coming for us. Harvest Horror is coming to Chesapeake College October 20th to the 29th. Tickets available at harvesthorror.com. You can like, move yourselves yeah. to be in the yeah. frame of the thing. I was going to like that. So trying to like make it like directly in the Mate, middle. Can of I us. ask like about why you decided to start this and yeah, stuff? Yeah, we can start with that. Okay. Go ahead and ask me. Rob, why did you decide to do this corn attraction? <laughs> <laughs> I think they call them haunts. Haunts. I heard that term. I, I don't know. Like a haunted house haunts. or what have you. Yeah, it's all good. Don't worry, Neil. You know you're a mess. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm sitting here uh, with uh, Evangeline and Malik, and who you know, and uh, Neil, you're getting to know. Say hi, Neil. Hi. I'm say Neil. hi, uh, Malik and Evangeline. Hello there. I'm Malik. Hello. We, we were just uh, talking about uh, this thing. Uh, so I, I figured that, uh, for Halloween, it might be special since, uh, for the first time in quite a while, I'm doing a Halloween themed production and I'm actually doing, uh, sort of like a haunted attraction for the first time ever, uh, that, that we would do a kind of behind the scenes for, you know, a lot of the, uh, y'all out there in occult confessor land can't actually come to the, the event cause it's so far, uh, a field, uh, I mean, it's in the middle of the Eastern shore. Uh, that uh, it would be nice to, to just to talk through not only what we're doing here, uh, but how a thing like this gets put together, because uh, often people don't think about that. Uh, and, and I think we did something kind of unique here, because uh, we're not just uh, haunting the corn. We are haunting some corn. Literally yeah. planted a cornfield, went out into it, haunted it. Uh, well, nobody's dead, though. Well, they're dead, but well, they're not alive and dead. Well, okay, that's complicated. Well, Rob, there's <laughs> a bit of bit of dead. More is a corn zombie based thing that's going on. Some people are just dead, though. Yeah, no, no, like you know. Yeah, but there's not. They're not. They're not. Uh, their spirits aren't with us in the corn. No. It's... No, no. Mad science kind of situation. Anyhow, what was I talking about? We planted this corn. We're out there. We're doing this show. <laughs> so. Here, we're going to talk to you a little bit about how we did that, why we did that. Hey, guys, it's uh, Savannah, the sister of the 84th degree, and I have been uh, tasked uh, with running a science exhibition of thanks to Rob. So I guess I'm going to do that and I'm going to uh, lead you guys all through it with me. So uh, this is the Ostridia Science Exhibition. Uh, where we have two wonderful doctors working in the corn, and uh, there have been some reports of maybe monsters and things happening in the corn, but I, I haven't seen anything, and I'm very, very excited to lead you guys all through this exhibition, um, but I will let you guys walk in front of me. Uh, so here we go. We're walk walking into the corn, and uh, you I, there you come across a young woman kneeling at what looks to be a body crushed underneath a tractor. Oh, you've arrived. Come look and see what's happened. This is, well, was Brad. And to help, little behind the scenes things, um, to help get as many audience members through our horror exhibition um as possible we have three guides so you might meet three different girlfriends along your journey oh you've arrived come please look at what's happened this is or was brad he was my boyfriend he was supposed to be guiding you through this exhibition today but i guess i'll do Brad mentioned that the farmer didn't agree with the doctor's work. He took his anger out on all of the interns. Some of them started to disappear. We should fix this. 
You're going to help me, won't you? And she stares you down until you say yes. So what was your question? Um, why did you decide to do this? Why did I do it? <laughs> why did you do it? Like, what gave you the idea to start something like this? Well, I mean, I've always been... In I've never been interested in theater as the thing that people just go to see because they like theater. I mean, that's fine and all. But there's a very small audience for Shakespeare. There's a much larger larger audience for things like this, doing something like a Halloween event. I've had a lot of mixed results with that. I remember um, I was like three years into my career. I was running my business. We had this deal. We went to the local newspaper, which was pretty big. I mean, it's like the Trenton local newspaper. Not like you guys have local newspapers out here and like 15 people read them and they're excited. This was like the, the Trenton Times, the Times of the city of Trenton. Uh, so it had a pretty large readership, but, but newspapers were also dying when I went and, you know, was talking to the, I was talking to the publisher of this newspaper and he was very excited. We were going to do this summer festival and have all these people come, uh, and he was going to support it and advertise it and, you know, make it this whole big thing in the newspaper. And, you know, we get all these people to come out cause I was a small business guy. Uh, I was running a company that, you know, we did touring shows and we had a children's company, but, you know, we didn't have a lot of money to spend on advertising. So this deal was going to be huge for us. And then the guy retired six months before we put the event up and they gave us uh, space in the newspaper twice <laughs> on like page eight and nobody came. So I had all these actors out there. We worked on, you know, multiple different productions uh, and their parents came. <laughs> and that was it uh my my family said they put me on suicide watch that weekend it was not so bad but i was upset it was it was not a good weekend malika's laughing at me it was it was horrible <laughs> it sounds depressing it was depressing it's hard to laugh at so i can't imagine you knocking not knocking on death's door but looking <laughs> like you are I was not. I was not. I was fine. I was mentally fine. It was not my best weekend. <laughs> but no, my family did not need to have me on suicide watch that weekend. Was it mainly because it wasn't like advertised very well? Yeah. Yeah. I was relying on this newspaper publisher who just disappeared right before we did. And it, he retired. Uh, but he was more or less forced into retirement. We were also looking. That was the period when the economy collapsed. So mm. it was, newspapers were dying. He was more or less, had to take an early retirement. Uh, so there was a lot of shit going on. Uh, and we were trying to do our first ever big, you know, festival event in this park outdoors with all these people. We were in an ice skating rink, which was kind of cool because it was an outdoor rink, but it was, uh, you know, in the summer, it was just cement. So that's where we were doing a lot of the stuff. So even if it rained, we would be okay. It was a neat idea. But yeah, it fell to shit real quick. So she's now leading us um, through another path of cord until we reach a guard tower with a bright light shining down on us and somebody is up there looking down at us. Hey, welcome to Australia Industries Research Exhibition. I'm Mac. Wait, wasn't Brad supposed to be your tour guide? Uh... Brad is no longer with us. Oh. Um, why are you here then? We're here to see the farmer for the exhibition. Hmm. Look, I'm really not supposed to let you through without an authorized guide. But it kind of gets lonely out here by yourself, so if you listen to my story real fast, I'll totally let you guys through. Then you can go see Dr. Lighthouser to get permission to go see the farmer. Sound cool? I suppose. And at this point, uh, you also can notice on the ground a suspicious looking tarp that seems to have something hidden underneath of it. Oh, uh. And the girlfriend is trying to grab hey, hey, at hey, it. Hey, can, can you not, can, can just leave that be, leave that be, leave it alone, leave it alone. Anyway, my buddy Brian, yeah, my buddy Brian, the other day I could have sworn I'd like, Song kill someone out in the corn, or maybe he did, I don't know. And then he, he turned to me with like this big smile on his face. He, he raised his baton high above his head and he 
bashed me again and again and again and he shocked me down to the car. Or maybe that uh, was a dream. The girlfriend is now going to grab the tarp again, I think. Oh, and she yanks it off. And underneath of the tarp is a pile of corn that has blood all over it and That's an axe. a lot of blood. Uh, uh, big man said don't touch that. Big man said don't look at that. Big man said don't even think about that. All right, everybody. We're going to keep moving and I guess go to Dr. Lighthouser. Have a corn-tastic day, everyone. I know, big man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was quite talkative. <laughs> so... I have always fantasized about getting that shit right. Uh, I think this is one way. We're trying a couple of things this year, but this is one way that we can get it right. I'm not saying that the rest of my career I never had an audience. Sometimes I will go and do shows and nobody comes, and sometimes I go and do shows and we sell out. Halloween is what we're, I've always been best at. My Edgar Allan Poe stuff has sold really well. Um, anyhow... So I thought, I, I, I mean, my fantasy has always been doing storytelling for a popular audience who is not a theater audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. If all you're getting is theater people, it's not enough. I and mean, live storytelling, I think, is a really valuable and fun and exciting and meaningful experience in ways that Netflix and YouTube just can never measure up to. I mean, we've been doing this since the dawn of humanity, tribal societies, we would do this live storytelling. It's who we are, uh, but we've lost touch with it a lot. And I've always, always fantasized about getting regular-ass people who don't want to see a play, but we can get them to a show where they experience live storytelling. Um, and I think maybe we're going to do it this time. I think we're close. We're selling some tickets anyway. Uh, but this is that idea. That's where it all comes together, I guess. That's what I've wanted. Uh, and I think with Christmas and then when we do our festival in the spring, we could really pull the whole system together. But Halloween, I think, is the pl place where we can really get people interested in going through and for an hour being told a story. It's sort of an odd idea that you don't want to go see Shakespeare. You don't, probably don't even want to go see a Broadway musical but you will come out to the cornfield and let a bunch of actors tell you a story for an hour. You see what I mean? It's different people who will go to those things. But, um, you know, we're uh, on the path again. We're walking through another pathway of corn until we reach a tent. Um, and inside the tent, you can see that there are two people uh, huddled over a, a body laying on a uh, gurney. And uh, they seem to be unconscious. Which one of you is the doctor? I need to see the doctor. Uh, hi, Dr. Lighthouser. Wait a minute. Was the exhibition today? Yes, it was. I was told I need to talk to you so I can go see the farmer. Uh, well, we're in the middle of something really important. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Dr. Lighthouser. I was hired to work with Dr. W. directly, but it became immediately apparent that the doctor's work was in need of some serious correction. If you keep this between us, the doctor has been doing horrible things in the field. They're unethical, immoral, and just disgusting in general. Um, we both share a loved passion for agricultural hybridization, but the doctor has been taking it in a wrong way. So I have been working on an experiment on this patient so that I can remedy the horrors that Dr. W has unleashed into the field. Is this safe, what you're doing to this patient? Of course it's safe. I'm Dr. Lighthouser. I know what I'm doing. At, at this point, the, the patient starts to stir and it seems like they're going to wake up and the assistant is trying to make them calm down, but they just will not calm down. We're just going to have to get the elixir ready. You're just going to have to give the elixir to them. The assistant goes over to uh, this table that has a bunch of different potion-looking things on it and grabs one and takes it over to the patient's mouth and makes them drink it. And after they drink it, something seems wrong. They go to examine them and corn bursts out of their chest, almost like the scene from Alien. <laughs> you just killed that person. No, 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 no. This was not supposed to happen. I had all the calculations correct. What is wrong with you? 
What is wrong with you? This is all your fault. I didn't do anything. You had to have done something. I had everything correct. I might have saw her mess with it, but I don't know for sure. I think it's also really cool because they are, in a way, a part of the story. So it's not that they're just watching us. They are a part of it. Like, if we didn't have them, we wouldn't have the story, <laughs> yeah. in a way. It'd be weird if they weren't there. It would yet. be weird. Like, <laughs> we need the audience to bring the story together. It's immersive. Yeah, I mean, that's another fantasy of mine. I don't think we're doing a lot of immersive stuff, but it's more immersive than sitting in the seats because you are walking through with the actors. You can talk to them. And people, I think, will just talk to you guys. Uh, all three of my guys here, Neil and Malik, are playing uh, uh, security guards who lead people through the maze. So they're guides. And uh, Evangeline's playing a, a, a girlfriend <laughs> who leads you through the maze after her boyfriend dies. That's not a spoiler. You find out right away. Uh, so uh, some characters are set in the maze and some characters are guiding you. But you guys, as you're walking through, are going to be able to talk to people. Uh because you're right there in a way that you can't talk to an audience who comes into a, a theater like this in a way you can't talk to an audience in a YouTube video. Uh, you know, it's different. It's a live conversation. Even with my podcast people, we chat on Discord and sometimes we have live conversations, I guess, but we're typing. This kind of back and forth is not something we see a lot of in the modern world. Uh, we're losing touch with it and maybe we can get it back. Yeah, that would be nice. So yeah, I agree. There's immersion going on. We can take it further, not this year, next year, and in years to come. We can get more immersive and get the audience more engaged in what we're doing. But, you know, people also want to be entertained, which means they don't necessarily want to be doing the entertaining themselves. It's not an escape room. People like that shit, too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it doesn't tell a story. An escape room doesn't really tell you. It tries, but not nearly to the degree that you guys are telling the story. And a lot of haunts and Halloween attractions don't bother to tell stories. They give you spooky images from movies that we've seen, right? Yeah. They immerse you in popular tropes of Halloween, but they don't actually tell a story, which I think is what we need to be doing as humans to make us better and get us in touch with each other. It, I just think storytelling is everything. It's all of humanity. We don't need to bother doing anything else but tell stories to each other. We can give up the rest. It's all window dressing beyond that. I guess eat and have sex too. But so that's the triumvirate right there. Yeah. And with that, the doctor goes into the corner to the cry and uh, the assistant ushers us out. And uh, we are back walking again. Uh, but this time this path is really long and windy. And down the hill, I can see a campground, like a bunch of tents set up. And there seems to be people walking walking around. And right here, somebody has just come up to us with a creepy red, red light just shining all over them. And um, they seem to be wanting to talk to the girlfriend. You must be lost. I'm finding my way just fine. Well, if you weren't lost, then you wouldn't be here. <laughs> well, if we make a deal, I'll just take two of them, and you can have the rest. We really must be going. I'll give them back once I'm done. She's looking right at me, so I think I'm gonna go with her. Okay, <laughs> so she is taking me away from my guide, and uh, she leads me over to a tent. I've heard what they're saying about Dr. W. <laughs> you, you don't believe them, do you? Uh, no. Of course not. No. Because <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what Dr. W is capable of. <laughs> I knew I picked a good one. Come, let me show you something I've been working on. <laughs> um, she pulls out a burlap sack that has blood all over it. I've been working on this project for a few weeks now. I've named her Talia. Isn't she beautiful? She started off as just a small, normal little field mouse. But then I got to work and I gave her all the, the medicine, all the different elixirs that I've been coming across. And, and she grew about three sizes within the first 48 hours, you know, which is really impressive because normally my experiments don't live past the first 12. Oh. <laughs> I've been so proud of her, and she's been making remarkable progress. But then, 
one day she stopped growing and I don't know why I need her to grow I, I, I fed her and she was she stopped eating and and you see this is important to me because in order for me to do my work I've been stealing from Dr. W which I, I know it sounds terrible but but if I can create something magnificent she will see it and then she'll accept me right she'll she'll approve of me right um, but, but if she doesn't keep growing and Dr. W sees her the way she is then then I don't want to know what she'll do. Um, so at this point, she um, asked me to collect and steal some things for her from the doctor, which I don't know if I want to do, and then takes me over to this campfire that's going on where there's a bunch of other people all standing around and uh, also circling a girl who is chained to the ground who has a wound on her throat. We can just sneak past them. Sneak? Why would you do that? Look, I don't have time for you. Oh, of course you do. Everybody has time for me. What brings you guys to the cornfields? We're here to see the farmer. Ah, you don't want to go see that loser. Here, come over here. All right, I guess we must stay. That ain't all too that bad. Welcome to the cornfield, everybody. I am Conrad Cordman, and uh, welcome back. Welcome back. What are you talking about? I don't know you. I've never been here before. Was that not you I saw a few days over at the cornfields? It couldn't have been. Silence. Do not lie to me. But I'm not lying. Very well. Uh, sorry about that, folks. I get a little, uh, anxious. Either way, it is enough that we are all alone here together. <laughs> ah, do you hear that? That is the sound of madness. Wonderful, no? What happened to this girl in these chains? Oh, her. Sorry, she doesn't uh, talk much. She decided to try to speak out against the doctor. So in return of the good man I am, I decided to take out her voice box. It was really great. You should have been there. Doctor! The doctor! Ah, yes. Dr. W. Now that's a woman that can show you the way that every human should live. Ah, corruption, destruction, all the way that we need to live. By the way, do you know what absolute freedom is? Ah, it's chaos. Chaos is the way that we all need to live. All of us. Now, if everybody would, please come chant with me. Science and technology. Science and technology. Science and technology. We really need to get going. Oh, yeah. Do go and do not forget to eat your vegetables. So how, how, what's your guy? Tell me about your experience with this. What did you expect to get out of this? Um... Well, we worked on it a lot more, or we worked on, not a lot more, we worked on the basics of the story last year. Yeah, talk about that, Neil. So how did it our, get started? How do we get started on this process? We started back in our improv class, where, or our acting in improv class, where we would, de we would devise these scenes, and from day one, we'd meet two weeks or two days out of the week and for three or so three or so weeks we would make these scenes bigger and more concise and we'd figure out what we would want to do with them so what did i bring to you guys before you started what did how, you what were you starting with how to begin improvisation without like it's not the normal way of people think improv is like we start out with a meditation in a way mm -hmm. like an energy and focus on that energy instead of playwriting a story we create the story every time we practice it in a way so like the first time you practice it it's very very small and you're like well what will become of this and it does end up becoming something more unique and interesting rather than writing something up. 
well, we're back with the girlfriend, um, and she's leading us down another path. And um, it's kind of strange. For a moment, you see a pair of shoes on the ground that look a lot like uh, Brad's pairs, of, like pair of shoes, the dead guy from the beginning. Um, and she leans down and touches them for a moment. And without saying a word, gets up and continues walking and acts as if nothing happened. So that's a little concerning. Um, but yes, uh, she has a plan to tell us when we reach the farmer's house. All right. So this is what we're going to do. You all will enter through the barn and cut the farmer off. I will go out front and make sure he can't escape. We're going to get him to confess to all of his crimes against Brad, the interns, and the doctor. Um, so we continue walking down this path and, uh, you can kind of hear some arguing and when you turn the corner, you can actually see we the facade of a barn and oh, inside the barn, you can see, uh, the farmer arguing with his daughter. Broke, but we could have managed without... What's the problem? And the girlfriend, uh, she sends us in alone and leaves us. Now we're left alone with the farmer. Dad, you promised. You promised you'd give me a hot pink shotgun for my birthday. Are you really going to go back on your word now? Um, hello. Hi. Oh, we have company. Can you... Oh, I heard something out back. Can you please go check it out? Please. I know you're going a bit senile. I... Thank you. So the farmer <sighs> leaves, and now we are alone with the daughter in the barn. Oh, hi there. Um, sorry, you're a bit earlier than I expected. Um, so... We're, we've been helping out with the doctors. You know, they've been doing such great work here. We've been, like, growing the corn for them and stuff. And, like, the science that they're doing is so cool, you know? And they've been paying us really well for it. The actual science of it goes a bit over my head, but they're giving us enough money. I think it's worth it. But anyway, um, my mom and I made you some brownies if you want to come inside. Uh, yeah, I'd love a brownie. Um, so we follow her into the inside of this like reception area something that they built for us um to participate in the exhibition and you start to hear some arguing from the other side of the wall coming from the front of the house it seems you just had to get in the way didn't you why can't you just agree oh, with the I'm doctor's out. work i don't care what you say i'm out of it um i should probably go check on them real quick uh is everything okay out there? They're probably fine. My dad, he's getting a little bit old, but, you know, he still works on the farm and stuff. He's sturdy. Anyway, you know, I've heard some of that stuff that the awful girl is saying about us. She's been spreading rumors saying that we had stuff to do with all the creepy stuff that's going on in here. We've had nothing to do with that. We're completely innocent. We went out and we checked that tractor, and there was nobody there. Trust us. Anyway. Uh, the, the arguing continues, and then... It goes silent, and that's kind of alarming. Um, I should probably go check on them, make sure everything's okay. Um, Dad? Oh my god, Dad! Oh my god, somebody please go check on him, someone help him! Oh my god, what did you do to him? Everybody out, someone please go check his pulse! Oh my god! So when we are ushered out very quickly by the daughter, uh, uh, in front of us, you can see the girl, the girlfriend who has been guiding you this whole time, standing over a headless corpse with an axe in her hand. And she looks at you. The farmer, he got in the way. His only job was to plant and maintain the corn. He couldn't agree with the doctor's work. He kept getting in the way and interrupting the experiments. So I took it upon myself to do the right thing. I killed the farmer. Don't look at me like that. It shouldn't surprise you. You all willingly decided to help me get revenge against the farmer. And Brad. Well, <laughs> Brad, he was supposed to be like me. We were supposed to do this together. He changed his mind, so I had to change him. People don't die out here. They change. Now it's your turn. You will all be perfect, just like me. So, 
as she raises her axe and is apparently about to kill all of us, uh, you see someone sneaking up behind her. A hero, all dressed in black with a black baton, <laughs> comes and hits her in the leg and hits her in the head and knocks her out. And so, you now have a new guide. Meet Brian. Holy crap. That was badass. <laughs> uh... Now, as a recap, we did have three girlfriend guides to get you through the maze. So, in turn, because we have Brian to guide us through the second half, we have three Brians. Hi, I'm Brian, spelled B-R-I-A-N, not B-R-A-I-N. That spells brain. I don't understand why people can't get it right. (laughs) One second. Oh, that's going to be a closed casket service. Oh. Pardon me. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name's Brian. I'm with uh, Australia Security. I'm here to get you to safety. Well, how are you going to get us to safety, Brian? Um, well, we're going to go back to my guard tower, and um, we're going to call my buddy Mac. You've already probably met him at the front. Um, and I'll call up him, and he'll get you guys an escort. So we'll all be safe. Initially, the girlfriend was a, a pretty straight, melodramatic character, uh, but uh, we found that kind of a, a boring interpretation, that she was very broken up about the boyfriend, and she was crying, and she was upset, and uh, we went a different direction with her, because ultimately the plot itself suggests that uh, she has got layers to her. She's uh, lying to us. She's up to something. Uh, so, so while the girlfriend initially was this, uh, you know, very straightforward figure, we, we drew on inspiration from pop culture, uh, characters like Wednesday Adams and Drusilla from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and even Isabella Rossellini from Death Becomes Her, to create a kind of character who uh, is uh, gleeful in, in her macabre uh, interactions with you, uh, gleeful in the face of death, uh, a little bit childlike and uh, definitely holding secrets that uh, will, will have uh, potentially uh, dangerous consequences for, for the audience. Uh, so Brian starts to lead us down a path and leads us to a very similar guard tower that we saw Mac on and um, climbs. Oh, and gets a message on the radio. Um, it sounds like Mac at first. Brian, hey, Brian, can you hear me? Are you listening? Brian! Brian! Are you there? Hello, Brian! Brian! This is the Defense Intelligence Agency with an emergency notification for the people of Wine Mills, Maryland. The region surrounding Chesapeake College has been placed under quarantine effective immediately. Please discontinue use of this radio frequency as emergency personnel will require use of the airwaves to coordinate rescue efforts. I repeat, please discontinue use of this radio frequency now. Brian, you need to listen to me. It's it's something... They're on the airwaves. I can't explain much. I wasn't trained for this. So our Bryans don't seem very confident in being able to get us out of here, um, but they do manage to pull it together, and they say that they're going to get us out of here safely. So they do start to lead us away, and then they start to tell us a weird story about a dream that they had. So I had this weird dream last night, where Mac turned into a piece of corn, and then he started lunging at me, so I had to put him down, and oddly enough, it felt good. And I don't know why, because he's my best friend. It shouldn't feel good killing your best friend, should it? But it's just a dream. So for this exercise, when we were working on the maze, what what did you guys get? Do you remember what I get? What specifically your prompts were? How much information I gave you? You said you're a doctor. You're a farmer. <laughs> you're. Yeah, we were all given like the prompt of the character, and I guess we kind of ourselves kind of built the background. Basically, yeah. There was all you knew was the character's backstory, right? The basics of what the character was, what they did, and that was it. So, what what, what character were you working on, Malik? I was working on a guard, which yeah. I am <laughs> playing here in, you the, are. in the maze. Um, <laughs> you probably had the most consistent through line. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, the story was a um, a little different in uh, uh, acting and improv class. Or no, yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, because we were all made the story, and you kind of like we all had 
of course, we all had kind of like different things. And then you kind of took from that, like you kind of, that was kind of like inspiring what we're doing um, this fall. And it was, uh, I think it's coming together pretty nicely. So what what were you doing? What was the guard up to in the spring? So in the spring, we were, uh, there was, it was kind of like a person came and was like, oh, they were lost and we were kind of helping them out. And it's like, oh. And then there was, uh, there was another guard I was working with. And it was like, and uh, that guard was like the more like knew what was going on, what was going on in the corn. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, oh, hey, this is dangerous. I don't think we should uh, take them back there mm-hmm. or whatever. Because I'm trying to, I'm like the good guy trying to save them. And then we're like leading them into a trap. And then I realized like, oh, wow. It's like, I get it now. And then I become the bad guard and start taking people into the trap. Well, so we kept an awful lot of that then, didn't we? We did. Uh, so we we have two guards. We do uh, have two guards. And there is some conflict, some weird internal subconscious action going on with these guards, weird dreams and stuff. Right, right. Killing one guard, maybe killing the other guard. We both have the same dreams, but reverse roles. Yeah. 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 And uh, on as soon as they're done telling us that story, we do stumble across a broken vegetable stand. There's vegetables thrown everywhere, and uh, things seem pretty torn up. And you can hear something whispering to you while you're here. Uh, but But we keep on moving brian quickly ushers us past the voices that are speaking to us and leads us to this graveyard that has a bunch of people with holding lilies looking at us uh one of them is even at the entrance and greets us hi officer Ooh, and company welcome to lily's camp lily is our leader she sent us here to get rid of the corn uh listen that that girl just murdered that farmer over there oh by the way uh there is an uh uh more what mausoleum what is that thing called <laughs> there is a mausoleum that has uh the our girlfriend guide uh strapped down to it and she is screaming and laughing and her body is covered in corn so i think she's very quickly becoming a corn monster the doctors did this to her she infected she needs a doctor the doctors overstepped their boundaries and turn this poor girl into a monster. Why are you here? Uh, they're h- here for the exhibition. What exhibition? Uh, the one that they all signed up for? I hope you guys signed up for this. This is private land. Oh, I don't know what else to say. They signed up to be uh, here. No, 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 no. This is our land. You will stay. Wait, what are you doing to her? So you see this person walk over to the girlfriend uh, with a knife and then begins to violently stab her over and over and over again. Uh, And the guards, Brian's, tries to uh, shield your eyes and it's all becoming very chaotic. People are running and screaming and then all of a sudden some guy in a suit just shows up. Hi everyone, if I could just get you to calm down for just a second. My name is Craig. Uh, Mac, good to see you uh, again. uh, Brian, Brian, sir. My name is Craig. No, no, Thanks, I, Mac. No, as you can see on my name tag. Right. Sorry about him. Um, so if I could just get everyone to realize that, first off, I know what you just witnessed may have been traumatizing, but no mental or emotional trauma is covered due to the waiver you signed upon exi- or entering the exhibition. And secondly, it's all part of Lily's plan, so it's all right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So what, uh, what happened over the summer then? I mean, that's really me, but... What do you guys think happened over the summer? You basically like reflected on what we had created and used it to make a complete, well, a baseline of a complete story. So you took everything from everybody's characters and added added it to the main story. So like in a sense, like you gave us the prompts, but we gave you the story to create the main story. I pulled all the pieces together is basically what I did, which is why so much of what you see in the current project can be traced back to those scenes that you did. There are the roots of that, but then I pulled it together. I had to negotiate with the other artists that I'm working with. We have a technical director. Had to negotiate with him. There were things he wanted to do in the maze, you know, technical effects and stuff. 
Um, and I had to work that into the story as well. And then you guys got a script, but what did that look like? It told a basic story, but it wasn't like a script that you have lines. It was more, you just read the basic storyline, but we have to still create more of it. You, it was like, yeah, it was just the storyline. Like you were reading a story, but without lines. Like, we didn't have any lines on there that we had to say. So we're no memorization, still improv. Yeah, it was pretty much, here's who you are, this is what you're doing, and then we're kind of, like, talking around based on, like, what the situation is. So that's kind of how I, the way I look. If I could just get you guys to all follow me, though, I do have a presentation set up a little further up this way. Great! Everyone follow Craig. Yeah, so we start to follow Craig um, down another winding path. And he leads us to a board, like a presentation board, where he has some uh, signs made for us. Hi, so everyone, so like I said before, my name is Craig L.L., Vice President at Ostridia Industries. And I'm here to just answer some questions that may be a little pressing. Um, so we've heard a couple names throughout this exhibition, right? Lily and Ostradia, there's ringing some bells? Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Okay, so just to explain, Lily is the head CEO, founder of Ostradia Industries. She's a bit of a visionary, so she wants to point out some things in the world, whether they be injustice or hypocrisy or maybe just a fun fact here and there. Um, And she does that through what we like to call exhibitions. This is the third exhibition we've done this year, all successes. Um, Don't fact check me on that, please. The question we're trying to answer with this exhibition is, should we science? Let that sink in. Just ponder that for just a moment for me. We've heard a couple different opinions about science here today. Some very positive, some very negative, right? We at Ostradia love our science. Uh, We wouldn't enjoy such things as... uh, you know, transportation technology, cell phones, medical advancements, right, right? But where it goes wrong is when science goes a little too far, kind of left to do whatever it wants without any sort of checks and balances. You get um, experiments gone wrong, evil doctors, you know, bloody bags named Talia, things we really don't like to see on a day-to-day basis. Um, And this next question is kind of more of a personal thing. Am I technology? I've been thinking about it for a while, and I can't come up with a concrete answer. What are your thoughts? Like you, yourself? Yeah, yeah, Like you're a robot? Not necessarily a robot, just, you know, technology in general. Um, no. I'll take it under advisement. Um, (laughs) This is probably more of a pertinent question for you all. Are there monsters? You know, we at Ostridia Industries can neither confirm nor deny the existence of monsters within the exhibition, but I can guarantee you that Brian would gladly give their life to save each and every one of you in the event of a life-threatening event. It's in their contract, isn't it, Brian? Um, yeah, yeah of course. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Moving on, um, la ma maradanya fa le fa na le la dan ma ya la yan ha maradan. Uh, so, uh, with this gibberish, you see one of the fanatics uh, fall to the ground behind him and start seizing, <laughs> basically. Lama Maradanya Fale Fana Leila Danma Yala Yanha Maradan. Lama Maradanya Fale Fana Leila Danma Yale Yanha Maradan mind please escorting these fine people out of the exhibition safely and efficiently (laughs) yes sir god i hate that guy september 1 when we start working on this thing you guys still don't know what you're saying you still don't have a very clear idea of exactly (laughs) what you're doing yeah we're just (laughs) kind of making it up as we go along (laughs) yeah yeah and it takes the whole of about six weeks right to get to this point right now where you actually know what you want to be saying, who these characters are, what they care about, what their motivations are, how they're going to interact with audience members. And I think you're still going to be surprised when people come. You're going to discover new things about these people you are and the story you're telling based on how others respond to the story that you're telling. Right, because it's also an interactive experience. So it could, there could possibly be changes in like what you're doing in like once we start performing, because there will be people who are like, 
can like actually say things to you. Mm-hmm. you there's no script. Yeah, this is no script. We you're can still respond, not scripted, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you, even though you have a clearer sense of what you're meant to be saying, there's still no final word on what you can and cannot say. There's no, there's no containment from the audience, like which you have on a stage. Now you have to interact with what the audience says to you, how mm-hmm. they respond to what you've already done. Um, so if you hack in the back, you know, turn your back and hack a cough and pretend to puke <laughs> and somebody else gets sick, you have to be like, oh, well, uh, that's unfortunate. We here at Australia have uh, plastic bags for you to take home. It's How a gift. convenient. How convenient. Are you planning to carry plastic bags, Neil? I can get those doggy bags. <laughs> we can just keep a roll on our tower. Like you're a, like you're a flight attendant? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, we also Brian. hear a voice. It sounds like it's saying Brian. So Brian leads us up the path a little bit to see who's calling out to we him. We are the members of the Order of the Lily. No. It is Lily who opens the great oyster's mouth and speaks the truth of Australia. She is the master of all you have seen, and your horror and disgust are her ambrosia. She doesn't want to hurt you, only teach you. She has gathered you here today to show you the excesses of our modern age. The moral of this filthy corn is that science is the handmaid of technology, and science is evil. Well, then she uh, kicks the corn herself and screams about... Oh my god, did you guys hear that noise? You have to get inside, you can't be out here. Oh my god, you gotta go now. So who is the uh, Order of the Lily? Well, the name may suggest to you a certain mythological figure. Uh, Lilith certainly uh, sits behind Lily in in many ways in in our formation of the character. I I was interested in... Well, Lily Lilith uh, as a figure who is regarded as both a protector and a mother of demons, uh, as a kind of icon of uh, feminist radicalism and, and an object to be feared. Uh, so so I, I imagine this character, and John lays it out pretty good, sort of like uh, Kyle in a South Park, uh, just sort of like getting to the heart of, of the matter. Uh, that that Lily Lilith is uh, actually engaged in this this action of creating horrifying displays uh, for the purpose of horrifying, uh, for the purpose of uh, teaching a lesson. And and it's important, you know, as John says, uh, that that the show is not at its core anti-science or even necessarily anti-technology. What it's anti is the way these institutions have come to. Uh, or come unmourned, maybe, from philosophy, from morality, from ethics, where we see technologies like social media, for example, uh, running amok uh, without much regard for uh, the reason why. Why do we do this? What is the point of doing this? Certainly, Harvest Horror is a a bit of fun. It's Halloween frivolity. It's a good time, and its primary goal is to entertain. But that doesn't mean there can't be some messages uh, lingering under the surface. And and Lily suggests the existence uh, of, of something uh, under the surface to be explored. Uh, so Brian very quickly ushers us uh, down the path and towards another tent. Um, but we haven't seen this tent before. Oh, thank God. It's Dr. Lighthouser's laboratory. She can help us. Uh, there's that other doctor, Dr. Uh, uh, what's it, who's it? That's the one we need to stay away from. She's infecting all these people, but Dr. Lighthouser could have a cure. So he leads us into the tent, and there is an assistant um, standing there staring at us. All right, two rules. Um, one, don't touch anything because you might catch something and take it home with you, and we don't really want that to happen. And then two... Um, don't look the doctor directly in the eyes. She takes it as a sign of aggression, and trust me when I say you don't want to make her mad. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Have fun. Um, what else? There is, um, there's so much difference in between each actor's performance that every show, or every show is going to be different, even with each actor. Mm. Um, so Evangeline's role is going to be drastically different than 
let's can I say Aaron, Aaron or Maddie? Yeah, Aaron yeah, or so. Maddie. Yeah. And Malik and I are both playing the same character, but his take is a little bit more serious, and I'm a little bit more loose and comical. Yeah, there are three of us, and every everyone has kind of have like made our made up our own like you know guard. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like every guard has their own different personality, and you kind of get a different story based on who you're with. Yeah, it's the same but different story. You mm-hmm. have a lot of ownership over your performance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And even how you interact with your audience, because like you get to play around with that. Even every single night, you can change how you interact with the audience. Like when even when you're not talking, like what you're gonna do around them. You're going to. When I worked as a ghost tour guide, I would learn from night to night that certain stories went well, certain stories did not go so well. Maybe I want to speed through that story. Maybe I want to take my time with that one. Oh, that one really creeped people out. Or I should maybe tell the story over here rather than over here. You come up with new things to say. You come up with things to add. You come up with things you want to subtract. And you're constantly editing the story that you're telling. I encourage you guys to do that as you work with your audiences. Change up what you're doing. If you don't like what you're doing, I mean, it's really up to you. You shouldn't be watching yourself, but after every performance, you should think back and say, oh, yeah, when I did that, that didn't go over so well. They didn't really laugh like I thought they would. Maybe if I try it this way this time. Because you get, like, uh, what, four tries a night? Mm. Yeah, by the time you're done. Once we send through those dozen groups and you guys are switching off, you get four tries to do it. So you can change it up even between tries. Nothing's stopping you. Yeah. So the assistant opens up this curtain and leads us into another room where we see not Dr. Lighthouser and also uh, bloody handprints all over the walls and weird things on the desk. It's very creepy in here. Yeah, Dr. Waffle House, wh- wh- uh, whistle, who, with a uh, weed whacker, ha- what, waffle, whack, haver, with... There's a kind of uh, classic video game structure to the experience with the the big villain being saved for the very end, but you you know you, you get a lot of hints that the big villain is about, and and you keep you know, you come against a, a couple come up against these uh, you know the princesses in another castle kind of uh, engagements with other doctors and and uh, false murderers and and this sort of thing until until you get to the the final big boss. Uh, but but it also actually uh, has the kind of quality of an exorcism insofar as we don't know throughout most of the maze what Dr. W's actual name is. Uh, we hear from different people who name Dr. W, uh, but the names are all different. And it's not until Dr. W herself speaks her own name that uh, we pin down who the demon is, uh, actually recognizing naming the demon at the heart of the whole event. And, and by demon, of course, we mean deeply flawed scientist in this case. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, it has a kind of exorcist quality to it. Not incidentally, the many of the characters in the first half don't have names at all. The farmer, the girlfriend, uh, they're completely unnamed. It's that one name that we're trying to pin down, uh, just like an exorcist, a Catholic exorcist. Hello, I'm Dr. Weisenhauer, and this is my lab. Just what the hell have you been doing here, man? What have I been doing, Brian? Well, I've been taking humans, which are flawed and imperfect in, in evolution and in nature, and mixing them with corn, which is also imperfect in evolution and nature, and creating the perfect creature. You do realize those are two negatives, and you ever heard the saying, two wrongs don't make a right? Are you a doctor? No. That's what I thought. But why all of this? Why go through all of this? You want to know why I created these hybrid corn human creatures? Because I wanted to see if it could be done. And now that I have, I want to do it again and again and again. Because I can. Because why shouldn't I? Discovery doesn't have to have a reason, Brian. Discovery can be thrilling just for the sake of it. Who who, 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 who would consent to this? Who? Well, you all did. You all consented when you signed those forms, those waivers right at the beginning? I did forget to mention you did all sign waivers at the very beginning. Brian, how long have you been working for me again? Two weeks. Oh, well, that's the perfect amount of time. You should be changing any second. At this moment, Brian seems to 
change and like get uh, almost like sick and starts to scream and runs out of the room. The fine prince always with the fine prince. <laughs> oh, so a um somebody dressed in military garb runs into the room and threatens to arrest the doctor and the doctor backing away from the military person not wanting to be arrested gets grabbed by the corn monster bride and taken and murdered eaten dear, alive dear god all right everybody come with me my name is colonel corn i'm part of the dia division of the military we're going to evac you out of here right away all right now as we're going I'm going to ask you all a few questions to make sure there are no corn people among us. As he is asking us these questions, he is leading us to a military camp. First question. Do you have any of the following symptoms? Fevers, chills, constipation, diarrhea, erectile dysfunction, erectile overfunction, any of the following? No. Great. Second question. Do you have an urge to consume human flesh and or fertilizer? And yes, they both taste the same. No, 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 no. Wonderful. And third Hey! Hey, you! I see you in the back there! Oh, no, you'll never you get, get me! Oh, dang corn people. They just pop up everywhere. Third question. Do you have an urge to strip yourself of all worldly possessions and become one with the corn? No. Great. Now, if any of you have exhibit any of the following, you are either a corn person and or Jeffrey Dahmer. Now then, I'm going to send you to my man, Sergeant Shucks. He's going to do a quick scan of your bodies. Uh, we are now in a military camp, and there is another person in military garb who ushers us to line up in front of him, and he uh, proceeds to scan us one by one uh, to make sure that we are not infected with any of these corn parasites or whatever the heck the doctor Wahuvier was doing to us. Um, and then it's time to leave. We need to get out of here quick. Monsters are coming. All right, as you know, my name is Sergeant Shucks. I'm going to be escorting you guys out of here. Now, uh, be sure to stick together, and uh, please do not touch the cord, and I repeat, do not touch the cord. He's very quickly leading us out, when to our we right, you see it, an eight-foot-tall corn monster, There's one of the no creepiest things you'll ever see. All right, we're gonna duck, cover, and run. Can keep moving, stay below the line of sight. Go, go, go. We keep running and moving. We see another corn monster and another corn monster, and we hear them growling and whispering and telling them that they're gonna come get us. But we're moving, we're running. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, shucks. Oh, Lord. Oh, just shimmy, shimmy to the left side. Surrender. Uh, oh my lord, there is the exit. I say run, scream, do whatever. I don't care. Just go. Get to your cars. Get to your wives. Get to your husbands. Just go. Oh lord, I forgot Cornercom. I'm coming, Colonel. Come get me, mother shuckers. And just like that, Kurt, uh, Sergeant Husk runs back into the corn, and we are now out safe. What's your favorite part of the experience? Yeah. One at a time. There's a lot of scenes that I love doing as the guard. Um, honestly, I thought this was my favorite. I do like the part where I'm kind of like starting to lose control as the guard, but... I really do enjoy the, the uh, yeah. scene with the bad doctor. I think that's probably my favorite. The end. Yeah, the end. Um, I think for my favorite part of this is when I'm first meeting, I'm first meeting the the tour group, and I'm going off about how everything everything is going to hell and everything's falling apart. And I'm talking about how my buddy Mac is turning, in a dream, has turned into a piece of corn. And I delightfully <laughs> murdered my corny best friend by pulling his husks apart. And there's a lot of puns I throw in there um, that I think people will enjoy. Let's, let's hope. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope. How about you? Um, I really... Okay, so the first thing I think would be just the beginning of this, creating this story. The process. And the process, like yeah. seeing how far it's come and where it's changed and where some things have stayed the same. 
And just watching that process and creating that process has been really fascinating. I didn't know I could do something like that or any of us could do something like that working together. And just playing the character is also really fun. Going from being like lying to the audience pretty much and to <laughs> just being very gruesome and awful well yeah it you got a decapitated fun. guy yeah i kill a guy and you know it's 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 a good time <laughs> what i really think is really cool about this experience is that it's like not just one guy it's kind of like like, I kind of like, love, love how the scenes blend and you, like, get handed off to a different guide. And it's like, oh, it's like now we're just adventuring along with this person. I find that very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're on your own little epic journey through the corn. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. This has been a fun conversation. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for coming, those who live near the eastern shore of Maryland. <laughs> or for listening if you live in Sweden. <laughs> we love you, Swedish people. We love you. Here's a little corn for you. What is that?